Good morning. You're on 2XX Behind the Lines, the program where we look at all sorts of environmental and social issues and try and dig a little deeper. You're with Annie and Scotty, and this week we have a wonderful guest called John Worker. Welcome, John. Thank you, Annie and Scotty. It's a pleasure to be here and really a lot of gratitude for being invited along. So John is from um, a really newly formed group called the People's Climate Assembly, and he's going to tell us all about the, the PCA, if we're allowed to use acronyms here, what it's about, what it's hoping to achieve, and all about the amazing events that are going to happen at Parliament House during the first sitting week. So, John, let's um, hand over to you for a sort of big picture um, overview of what the People's Climate mm. Assembly is all about. Yeah. I think with the, the catalyst of the bushfires, a number of people in the uh, climate action community are really fi- feeling that you know, we've got to ramp up uh, a- action. And uh, so, you know, we've got together, I think it's over 20 climate action groups now, um, to really try and build a movement where really our corrupted democracy is put to the side and we actually have another voice for the people. And uh, so that's that's what the People's Climate Assembly is all about, really bringing another voice to the people because we're not being heard in the, in the democratic system that we've got at the moment. Mm, yeah, I'd say that most of us would feel like that. Scotty, how do you feel about our current dem- democracy and the extent to which we're being heard? Oh, look, I did do the numbers once. I can't quite remember them exactly, but it was something similar to every 846 days we get one chance to decide on about 347 issues at once. Now, I'm probably out about 10 things on those numbers, but, um, yeah, it's a lot, and and that's called decision-making. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think by the people and for the people is a little bit more involved than that. Yeah. Scott is a numbers man, as you've just heard. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not really. <but laughs> they're so, useful sometimes. They're useful sometimes. So, John, what what will um, the actual um, People's Climate Assembly look like? Right. So um, what we've done is actually form a formal association called the Coalition, uh, the People's um, Climate Action Coalition. So this is not just a once-off occasion. We see this as the start um, building momentum and uh, the more we see the government not responding to what we feel the people's uh, obvious sentiments are on climate change then the more we'll ramp, ramp up so this first action is about uh, you know we've got an assembly in the name we want to talk amongst ourselves we've got some politicians coming to talk with us uh, so it's this one this first one quite peaceful largely legal because we've got all the approvals and all of that sort of stuff um, but we really are an action orientated so uh, we would expect that uh, the government may not uh, declare a climate emergency because we all get up there on the first sitting day of parliament we never know you never know but uh, <laughs> that is our main demand we feel that uh, really it's it's the basis of this nation telling the truth uh, to itself and the world will be to declare a climate emergency. A lot of jurisdictions have done it, including the ACT, of course. Um, but that, that's our main um, emphasis, and uh, we will then be monitoring it over the next few months and then uh, 
yeah, watch that space if they don't uh, if they don't get to it. And it's great that we've got all these groups coming together to for a, a common voice. Mm. What what are some of the groups that are have um, come under this umbrella, John? Yeah, I, I knew you'd ask that question, <laughs> so uh, um, I just penciled down a few, and in no particular order. Um, the engineers, engineers are clear. The architects, Stoppadani, which has been hugely supportive uh, in Canberra with a lot of the logistics. Uh, XR groups from across Australia. Uh, again, they've also been very um, forthcoming with helping with logistics, especially in Canberra. An interesting organisation called New Dreaming 2020, which has the uh, idea of bringing, uh, facilitating uh, first people elders coming to a Canberra in April to have a big um, a gathering about uh, protecting country, restoring country, knitting nanas, uh, Australian religious response to climate change, the Quakers, uh, on the steps. Uh, very importantly, both at a national and local level, the uh, school strikers for climate, and then the Galilee Basin. So we've got this really yeah, that whole spectrum of uh, you know, like Galilee Basin right at the coal front, right back to your um, mm. the students and the knitting nanas and and the religious uh, groups. So it's sort of a, a pretty broad spectrum group, and they're all really grassroots groups too, aren't they? They're all yeah, groups that are kind of out there in the community. Um, so I'm I'm really interested, John, in what got you interested yourself in in climate action and in taking this big yeah. step to organise this. It's a big event, really. It is. It is. Uh, we're told that uh, what we're trying to do in three weeks is usually a six-month period might be more appropriate. Uh, personally, um, I suppose all my life I've worked in areas related to uh, social and economic justice. Most of my career uh, was working in um, overseas development assistance Poverty, really implementing poverty reductions across uh, Asia Pacific. Um, I managed a, an organisation that uh, had over $200 million in contracts with uh, World Bank, UN, that type of thing, uh, implementing agriculture, environment, uh, health projects, education projects, road infrastructure, all that sort of thing um, across Asia Pacific. So it was right from university days wanting to make a difference in the mm. world. And now, you know, kept up and, and at the same time I come from a farming family and the land is very important. So we, uh, so the, coming with those two threads and I think in the, possibly in the last five to ten years realising that everything, that climate action just supersedes everything. Unless we can get a handle on that, you know, poverty will just can blow out. Uh, environmental protection will blow out. So it's, it is, without putting it lightly, it's an existential threat to humanity and uh, the world as we know it. Mm. Well, plus, I suppose we've seen that really graphically here in Australia and especially on the, in New South Wales, on the south coast and in here, us living here in Canberra. You know, the fires have just been so extreme, so far beyond what anyone can remember. And, of course, we know that it's 30 years, I think, since the CSIRO first told, first presented a report to government saying um, we've really got to do something because we're very vulnerable in Australia. Uh, even in Canberra, I think even for people that have known about climate change for a long time, 
the shock of of the smoke and not being able to go outside and to have to keep your kids and grandkids in the house because it's too dangerous for them to be out playing. I think that was a that was a big kind of slap in the face for us in Canberra. Um, of course, many people in Canberra have experienced much worse than that, and of course, around the country, terrible stuff. But as you say, it's all linked. Um, and yes, action on climates is where we need to go. Sorry, I've gotten on my soapbox. Scotty, <laughs> take me off when I get on my soapbox. Oh, look, I think it's an interesting point. I mean, Charlie Massey, who wrote Call of the Reed Warbler, did a lot of work around Australia going and, and talking to a whole lot of regenerative farmers. And one of the things he found in common with 80 to 90% of them was that at some point in their lives, they'd had a real big shock to the system of bankruptcy, uh, poisoning with chemicals or um, somebody dying or a bushfire flood. And that shock had made them reassess the whole mm. thing. And hopefully this might be, mm. um, yeah, like you say, just a wake-up call that makes people go, Ooh, oh, I wonder, maybe the whole thing does have to change. I, I suppose if we can hope for anything positive out of what's happened, that mm. would be it, wouldn't it, John? What, yeah. What's your thoughts on that? And Yeah, hopefully it is a wake-up call for Australia. I mean, it's... Uh, where the where the canary in the in the uh, in the coal mine, funnily enough, <laughs> in the mine coal anyway. Mine in the canary, really. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know the world. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I work at the moment. In le- uh, my other job is in leadership development, part of a global group. And messages from across the world, uh, the globally, what's happening in Australia is making news every day, mm. and it's actually spurring, I think, action and uh, recognition in other countries much more than it is politically in Australia. Although I think, you know, it could be the watershed. You know, people hold on to their ideas until they're forced to change them. And, uh, you know, we might be on the cusp even, uh, you know, whatever, how much uh, the leaders might say, there are intelligent people within the Liberal National Party, and I'm sure in there there are people who are just saying we can't? We don't want to be labelled in 10, 20 years' time as the peace, you know, as complicit in mm-hmm. in cooking this globe. Yeah, a bit late for that, maybe for those guys. Well, they they're the ones in power at the moment. Mm-hmm. So whatever they can do, we've got to work. We've got to work with what we've got. We can wish for for for, for whatever, and that's why our action is so important. We've got to work with what we've got. I mean, I think, you know, when we work in developing countries, you've got to meet people where they're at. Don't force stuff on them. Um, And so uh, I think we've got to meet these politicians, make a really strong argument, and also know that it won't go away. I'm sure that uh, these politicians, ah, yeah, people complain about drought, then it rains, then it goes away. You know, a bushfire happens, it rains, it goes away. Hopefully they'll see it differently this time mm. yeah and i guess another thought on that one is that um if these people in the liberal national party who are cognizant of, of the problems that we face can manage to take over and turn the party around mm. they'll be hailed as heroes yes yeah yeah mm. and that rightly so yeah it's a good way it's a good way to look at it scotty mm. that's right well one of the um the things that uh, will be a focus a symbolic focus is that you know, you're on radio, but I'm 
wearing a, a black armband with the clear written on it. Uh, we've got at least three or four politicians that are going to speak to us at the Assembly, and I hope that they will go back and wear a black armband with the clear on it uh, in Parliament and maybe take a whole lot more so that their colleagues... It would be lovely if somebody from uh, the other side uh, would put them on and actually so that they can actually demonstrate in Parliament... That would be a, yeah. a lovely gesture, wouldn't it? Yeah. J- just on that, I saw in the news this morning, other people will have seen that, uh, I think it was yesterday, 50 million people protesting for climate in India, in Bihar. Wow. I think it was 18,000 kilometres, the length of the line. They, they wow. held hands. They did this incredible thing. Isn't that extraordinary? 50 mm. million people. Now, you're hoping to do something a little similar... We, if we got 50 million people at Parliament House, that would be rather miraculous. But well, tell us about the idea yeah. of, of holding hands around yeah. Parliment House. Um, yeah, uh, there'll be opportunity to go through each of the five days of this assembly from the 2nd to the uh, 6th of uh, February, but the main rally day is on the 4th. And based on uh, the trends in social media, we'll have a number of thousand people there. And uh, Parliament House is about one and a half kilometres around. And... Uh, you know, if we, we would need one and a half thousand people to surround Parliament House a metre apart. Now, uh, in the, that's in the parliamentary precinct, so officially you're not allowed to protest there, but I have it on good authority um, that uh, provided we go there and we don't have our protest material and sh- shout slogans, that we will just be exercising our democratic right to be on the footpaths around Parliament House and uh, I think it'll be a, you know, to see Parliament House surrounded by thousands of people in an orderly, peaceful uh, way uh, will be a fantastic symbol, hopefully picked up in Australia and around the globe. Mm. All We're asking people to come dressed in yellow and orange and uh, come with a black armband. We'll have a number at the, at the, on site. But, and, and there'll be some symbolic gestures and stuff like that. But... Uh, you know, we've been working with authorities on this and lots of other campaigns, and they're also, you know, just people just like us. And and uh, and uh, we've found that most of them are th- sympathetic to the cause. So, uh, um, yeah, we, we've got on reasonably good authority. We'll be allowed to to do this, provided that we don't actually um, have protest material as such. W- the people will be the symbol. Yes. So the people inside, the politicians will be doing their condolences and making their voice heard. The people on the outside will be doing the same. That's a, it sounds like a really history-making event. And, um, you know, so I would suggest to people listening that, you know, why not become and be part of this incredible event of encircling Parliament House to express our sorrow about what's been lost um, and also, I guess, uh, it's very symbolic around about containing, like the politicians are inside, if they're encircled by the people, you know, it's a mm. real symbol of, you know, hey, you guys work for us. Mm. Um, we're out here, but you work for us. Oh, <laughs> I, I really love this. Sure. That's a lovely symbolism. John, I think it's great. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe it's a good time to go through... Um, each of the days. So we kick off on Sunday, I think. That's right. Um, uh, Sunday at 11 o'clock and um, 
a critical thing, if, if I might diverge a little bit, is that um, maybe I'll get on my own hobby horse, that we can do all the technology we want and change how our economy is to uh, and the way we live to avert uh, climate uh, catastrophe. To me, until we, we have a spiritual connection with the land, we're really not going to get there. And uh, um, we probably all did, wherever we came from the world, some, sometime we all did have some sort of spiritual connection with the land. Uh, we, that's how we, we evolved and, and lived. Now, the first people of Australia, many of them still have that spiritual connection with the land, and they just cannot see how you could do what we do. So it's critical, we felt, that we should have as much as possible first people um, uh, involvement. So on Sunday, uh, we've, um, we've been in consultation with the uh, 10 Embassy for, for a long time and been spending a lot of time down there. So it'll start, the actual assembly. We'll start down at uh, the 10 Embassy at 11 o'clock. We'll have a welcome to country and uh, we'll have various Indigenous uh, speakers, hopefully some dance going on down there. Then, then we'll move up to uh, the lawns in front of New Parliament House. And because it's a Sunday and, and people, the school kids and maybe people who work can't get to the other days, this is meant to be a sort of family-friendly activities, community sort of day. So there'll be a lot of activities going on. There'll be a space where there's an official opening and the organisers and, and, and also all the, uh, a number of the groups that are part of the, uh, uh, the coalition uh, will be asked to give a, a short speech as well. So that's the first day. Mm. Um, and so um, is it best for people to go to plan to be at the tent embassy at 11 that, or mm. to plan to be up on the lawn at, say, noon? Um, that's a good, really good question, Annie. Yeah, they're welcome to come down to the, uh, to the tent embassy, um, but, you know, it's Sunday morning, uh, so, uh, you know, any time really during the day. Mm. But mm. certainly the, the more the more the merrier at 11 o'clock. But, yes, we will probably won't get up to... Parliament House till at least half past eleven, maybe closer to twelve. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like that's you, you know very civilised in terms of the way <laughs> a lot of people like to sleep in on Sunday mornings. Yes. Oh, that, well, that sounds fantastic. So, there, and there'll be um, I understand there's a, a focus on family. So, there, I guess yeah. well, there'll be kids activities. There'll be kids activities. There's a jumping castle. Um, yeah, we'll have a big stage. So, a lot of the you know the entertainment and stuff like that will be related mm. to to um, a community family type event. Mm. Mm. Sounds great. Scotty, are you going to head up on Sunday for the family day? Oh, I'll do my best. I'll mm. do my best. I'll definitely make it on a few of the days, but I, right. I will have to pick and choose a bit, so we'll, we'll see how we go. I'm not going to commit to anything just yet. Oh, it's not going to commit. definitely go to the assembly. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think one of the things that's amazing about it is it's, it, it's a really... Um, you know, historic moment. And so we're very lucky, those of us that live in Canberra, because mm. we can be part of it, because we know that people are coming from all around the country, you know. So yeah. have you heard much about what's happening, John, in terms of people coming, heading towards Canberra? Oh, yeah. It's, it's uh, understandably, it's mainly from across New South Wales, uh, but some also from Victoria. Uh, lots of buses. And, mm. um, you know, each community is Lismore, uh, Dubbo, uh, Sydney, uh, Vic, uh, Melbourne. I think there's. I think they're up to five or six or seven 
convoys are going to be coming. Wow. Uh, some some for the full time and and some just for the rally. Uh, yeah, your point there about um, Canberra. Uh, we really have. I mean, we are the seat of government, and if and if and while we can all make our individual uh, uh, actions to reduce our emissions, unless we're in a policy environment that's conducive to that, we're stuffed. And you know, for all of this the rhetoric going on, what's actually happened in terms of emissions reduction is despite government policy, yes. not because of it. So. To me, living in Canberra, we actually have a responsibility. We are the seat of government. We can bring the numbers. So, yes, it's going to be a nice few days of lots of activities, but I feel as Canberrans, we have a responsibility. And we know that the surveys show that most Canberrans are concerned about climate change. Mm. We've got to move that concern into action. You know that whole thing about you know, the issue is um, not uh, civil disobedience. The issue is we've got too much civil obedience. We've got, I suppose, when, when you think about um, Canberra, as you say, most people in Canberra are concerned about climate, but then it's, it's taking a small step further, isn't it? And actually, I mean, many people are doing what they can in terms of reducing their energy consumption or putting solar panels on the roof, and they're all really wonderful mm. things to do. You're right, to take another step and to actually go to an event like this, which is very accessible. Um, You know, we've just talked so far, we'll go on to the other days, but we've just mentioned the the first day, a very family-friendly event, Um, you know, activities for the kids. So... Yeah, why? I suppose I'm trying to say, why wouldn't you go? Why wouldn't you go? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The other thing about Canberra is that, you know, we've got an ACT government that's largely doing the right thing. So, you know, in other jurisdictions, you'd be thinking, yeah, get in there and close the streets and demand this and demand that. But doing it in ACT, (laughs) uh, our comparative advantage in ACT is that we're the seat of federal government. So that's where, if you're going to take action, that's where Canberrans should be uh, directing it to. Make sense? Absolutely. And I, I think especially one of the things that I always find ironic is we now have 100% net renewable electricity yeah. in the ACT. And that means that when those politicians come to Canberra during that first week of February and they're in their workplace in Parliament House, their entire workplace is running on renewable energy. <laughs> now, and many of them are people yeah. who say things like, oh, when the sun doesn't shine and the wind doesn't blow. You know, um, so sort of... Uh, I look at it as an equity thing, you know, like if they have the right to work in a workplace that's renewably powered, why shouldn't the rest of the country have the same right? Um, Maybe that's a a strange way to look at it, but um, yes. The the other reason I think um, people should consider becoming more active is that action is the antidote to despair. Mm. With, you know, it's so easy to fall into despair. What can I do? Nothing can help. Mm. Yes, it can. All of, it's not if, it's when. There's no question. We will leave the coal and everything else in the mm. ground. Mm. We will become, uh, we will get our emissions down. It's about when, not if. Mm. So it, that's what we focus on, is how, what can we do to make that when quicker? 
than it would otherwise be. And that's how you can keep up your um, enthusiasm and, and optimism because we know that the earth will heal itself. It'll be different. It will never come back to what it was because it's, it changes over, over the eons anyway. But what we can do as a humanity is reduce that harm so that it can heal itself quicker. And with us on it. Ideally with us on it. Um, although I think one of the other things is us getting off our ego hobby horses, some, uh, you know, these species on Earth. I mean, if you, looked, if you were looking down at Earth, you'd be thinking, well, actually, we're the ones that possibly need to, <laughs> need to go, but let's not go, just go there. Nah, look, I reckon if we can pull this off, we will have changed yes. the whole thing because regenerating yep. the soil in particular and our ways of working with the Earth are the key to the solution. So if we pull it off, I think we will have turned a major corner as a species. Hmm. And, and as you say, Scotty, it, it's worth remembering uh, one of the things that keeps me going, you know, in, in, in the gloom that we often experience with the climate stuff is that I'm so conscious that all around the world, in every country, there are people working towards solving this situation that we're in, you know, at every level, you know, there are scientists and technicians and there are, there are politicians, there are lawyers... Um, not to mention all of us, in every country, people are working really hard to do something. And I think it's that situation that everybody can do something. All of us can do something. Um, you know, I'll, I'll use the knitting nana example because I am one of those. But, you know, even just sitting and knitting outside a politician's office and just kind of needling their conscience, if you like, um, it's a small thing to do, but, you know, nanas all around the country do that every week. Um, so I think it, there's a role for everybody. Every single person can do something. You know, I, I have a friend who's, uh, you know, who's got a, a damaged foot. She's had an operation. She can't get out and do stuff, and she's spending her time writing letters to politicians and newspapers and everywhere and phoning up and just kind of using the time she's got get, given that she can't get, be physically active at the moment. So whoever you are, you can do something. And, and if you're in Canberra, well, there's this amazing event. Well, shall we move on to Monday, John? Yeah. So the, the, um, uh, the Monday with, with Builders Meet the Experts and uh, um, in the morning it'll be a, a number of workshops with, uh, with scientists, uh, healthcare workers... Um, infrastructure specialists, also some faith-based um, people on their perspective with climate change. And so the format in the morning will probably be a workshop-type format and then in the afternoon we'll be holding two people's assemblies. And I know this is dear to Scotty's heart and he's going to say, tell us all about it, John, and I'm going to say, that's not the part that I'm <laughs> an expert in. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, so the, the, the assemblies... Um, a basic where everyone gets heard um, everybody has equal status and it's not necessarily outcomes dri driven but you do come out with something that uh, reflects uh, in a meaningful and often a much more expanded way than a normal 
uh, type of workshop or uh, type of um, process. And this has been, and it very much comes back to having a process where the people's voice can be heard as opposed to what Scotty says, you know, with every, it's, it's every X number of days you get one vote for 300 issues. You know, it's a, it is a way of, of really trying to build um, a more grassroots uh, democratic process. And, of course, that ha- and we have to um, meet people where they're, where they're at. We have a you know, Westminster parliamentary process. There's all sorts of things uh, that we could do to, to help with that, you know, uh, much better ethics, and you know, national ICAC, a whole lot of stuff, mm. uh, more, more transparency of political donations. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this, from a grassroots perspective... This is something, and, and a, a major aspect of this will be we'll have a number of really specialists in this uh, form of um, collaboration coming, and by the end of it, we'll have hopefully built up a number of people who can then take it back to their own to their own groups and start practicing in their own communities. Mm. Well, that sounds really yeah. interesting. Scotty's got some thoughts on um, people's assemblies. Yeah, yeah. Look, I've been uh, been doing a little bit of digging around. I haven't actually experienced these myself. I must have. I'm not sure how I missed them because they've been around for quite a while. And, mm. and um, are you familiar with the history, John? Or? Please, got it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, th- I think the Zapatistas were among those who um, who really brought them into um, a a. I guess. A big functional sort of system in in their occupied areas where they kicked the government out in Mexico, um, and they were they reached out a lot around the world to various different groups who also reached out to them to see what they were up to, and the People's Assembly spread out around the world quite a bit that way, and the Tahrir Square movement and and all the resulting stuff uh, during the uh, Arab Spring used People's Assemblies an awful lot. Um, and the Occupy movement is probably mm. the most famous one in in the in our country, and you can imagine those images of all those people with their little hands shaking, like Kenny Everett, um, and movements in Spain, and, th- and there's lots of others. I'm I'm fairly sure that the um, the people in northern Syria in their democratic. Federation of Northern Syria were using something very similar an awful lot as their uh, their main system of governance for those years before Trump decided that he would let Erdogan go and smash them. Um, but it's 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 a proven model. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's it's, yeah. it's a way like you just said that um, avoids top down relations and lets all voices be heard, even those meek ones who don't normally talk, and and avoids. Any voices dominating, so it's um, a very interesting model for uh, actual democracy. Yeah, so we'll see you there on Monday afternoon, maybe. Oh, you will. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I think I'll be. Uh, yeah, I've been asked to do something or other on Monday, so I'll, I'll be. Oh, uh, okay. I'll be there for sure. Then. That's great. Uh, these uh, these kinds of um, assemblies really go back to indigenous cultures too don't they mm, i mean of where decisions yeah. were made in a much more open and um collaborative if you like or sharing sort of a way um yeah i think it's going to be really interesting to see how it works on parliament house lawn and it's a really fantastic opportunity to to go and experience something that you might not mm. have experienced before i'm i'm really keen to go and see what it's like um 
So the Monday is going to be um, a, a really information-dense as well as experientially interesting day, I think. Yeah, but and, it, and again, both two-way mm. uh, type mm. of thing. So um, that's important. You mentioned... Uh, uh, yeah, first people uh, experiencing that, and you know this concept of yarning circles, and uh, you know we, we are organising this thing on the fly. So you know there's the potential that you know we might even hold one of the assemblies down at the ten embassy with their um, uh, blessing, and uh, you know might even see if we can get some in uh, First Nation people uh, involved, and mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, again, some learning there. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, so I guess the um, there's a number of uses for a climate assembly, uh, a people's assembly. Um, you can use them for organising, decision making, or even as a direct action tactic. Yeah. I think overseas, a lot of times when people have taken over, say, the council offices to ask for them to declare, they'll, they'll hold their own assembly inside the offices while they're occupying yeah. it to demonstrate democracy yeah and engaging the public so are, are you how many how many assemblies are going on here there's more than so, one isn't there yeah no that's right over i think over the over the five days there's seven is the plan mm. and uh the topics the the group that are organizing them have uh, just about settled on the topics and just watch the space on facebook and our website and they'll go up and so you'll be able to sort of choose ones that uh, particularly interest you, the topics. And, and so is the website um, as straightforward as just being People's Climate Assembly? Is that Yeah, yep. uh, pe- one word, peoplesclimateassembly.org. Mm. Okay. Well, that's that's going to be very interesting for people to be able to have a look and see which, um, yeah. which of those events they yeah. might like to really go and participate in. Again, we're doing it on the fly. It's not up there yet, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that... Um, Many people in Canberra are incredibly impressed by the fact that this is coming together and it's coming together in a small amount of time, so good on you. Uh, it must be a lot of work, but I can see you're pretty much dedicated to it. Yeah, there's a few few of us working probably close to full-time on it, mm. but a whole lot of people uh, that are working part-time. And as you said, Annie... Um, yeah, there's a whole lot of things that people get their skills. You know, we've got people in finance and insurance and you know, uh, all of the admin tasks. And, um, you know, and they, while they're, they're not getting the limelight, they are really passionate about action. Mm. And in their own way, they're doing, they're doing what they can. It's, it's, it's lovely to see. I saw it when in development assistance as well. You'd have a whole. You'd have an organisation. Everyone doing different roles. You didn't have to be out in the field uh, doing it. You know, the person checking off receipts. They felt, yeah, I'm reducing more poverty by d- being doing this. So yes. anybody that takes action in whatever role is having an impact. Hmm. You mentioned earlier on that the um, a group called the Australian Religious Response to Climate Change will be participating. Um, any idea of the range of of people representing different religions that will be there? I, I know it's your program's probably not totally finalised, but it'd be interesting for people to know. Oh yeah, um, well certainly um, uh, across the you know the well-known 
Christian religions, mm-hmm. so um, you know, Uniting Church, Anglican. I know we have uh, Buddhist as well, um, but I think uh, Ark will be there, also representing across the board. I mean, they, they are very, if you use the word broad church, <laughs> and uh, and very active in Canberra. I mean, they hosted a a conference a couple of uh, months back, where, where which was really well done and mm. a lot of good work um, and uh, a significant indigenous also uh, presence there so um, you know, uh, our, you know and that's part of it that there is an indigenous presence yes. uh, as best we can in this short period of time mm. um, to get involved mm. I was um, part of the reason I uh, mentioned ARC was because I think in the last few days it was an anniversary of Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, incarceration in the in the Deep South during that that whole amazing civil rights campaign, and I'm not sure if other people have seen it, but the letter that he wrote to um, there were some religious leaders in the in the area where he was in Mississippi, I think, who said, "Oh, look, he's being too extreme," um, and he was jailed, and he he. He read this article and he wrote them a response. So it's on the it's on the internet. And you can find it. It was seven thousand words. He wrote it kind of over several days, just like in the margins of bits. Of, he didn't have proper writing facilities, and it's the most extraordinary um, call to the churches to really mm. step up on on what the, their teachings are. Um, and I and he talks. He says in it, we we're, we all have to be ex- we're all the extremists for love or extremists mm. for hate, something like that. He says, but the reason I'm mentioning that was because I think just yesterday there was um, a, a piece in the Townsville Bulletin that uh, amazing news uh, source of you know, <laughs> uh, and it was written by two ministers of different faiths basically saying we've really got to act on climate urgently and I think brave of them because they've challenged the Adani mine in Townsville, which is, you know, of course many people in Townsville don't want to see the mine, but many in in Townsville do. So I'm sorry, everything comes back to Adani. (laughs) Oh, dear. Do you mind if I say a bit on that, Annie? Please. Um, (laughs) One aspect is that uh, those from a Christian faith when they look at Jesus, he was an activist. Mm. Yeah, totally. Totally. He, mm. he pushed it, pushed the authorities, pushed the norm. Mm. Uh, you'd have to say he was a, a radical. Mm. He was an yeah, activist. Yeah. Well, tipping over the money changes yeah. tables is mm. yeah. Yeah. So it's what we need to do as well. And uh, I'm sure the many Canberra religious leaders listening in today um, we've talked about this in Circle of Parliament and actually very much well facilitated by ARC. A number of letters have gone out to religious leaders in Australia, inviting them to be at the lead of that uh, encirclement of Parliament. Oh, wonderful. Along with um, First People Elders. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'd have settler religious leaders and uh, First Nation uh, religious leaders or spiritual leaders, however they'd like to be called. Um, so, but if you haven't had a letter and you want to come along, you're very welcome. Just uh, about one thirty, I'll come to the rally anyway, starting at twelve on the Thursday. On the Thursday, but uh, yeah, 
be part of it. And come, I'm sure you you're allowed to come dressed up in your uh, uh, special it, garments. Your special yeah. garments, leadership garments. Yeah. <laughs> so the, um, I guess what we're touching on here is is the one of the one of the pillars of the climate. Uh, I keep saying climate assembly. The People's Assembly is radical inclusivity, and and we're talking about diversity here. And that list of groups that you mentioned, mm. yeah, quite wide across the board. What's the importance of diversity in in doing this sort of thing? Um, how could you do this thing without diversity? We're looking for a people's movement. Um, we have we have to embrace everyone and embrace everyone where they're at. I really feel that you know if you look from a spiritual point of view, there's no such thing as bad people. There are bad people. There are, sorry, there are people with some bad behaviour. Okay? So diversity, and, and I look back to my own uh, in the corporate, if you don't have diversity, then you have narrowness of view. Mm. Uh, you've got to, I suppose, you know, in, a, in a something like the assembly, have some almost non-negotiable type of principles that you work on. But you have to embrace diversity because people bring different perspectives and it's only bringing those different perspectives together that we'll be able to move forward because if one section of society thinks we've got all the answers, it's very, very likely that they're wrong because uh, <laughs> there are, you know, we have such a complex uh, society with people in all different situations and, you know, in, including, you know, that... Uh, People uh, with uh, very little means, you know, are trapped in in a in a way of life that may may be very difficult for them to get involved in something like they're just they're just so. Um, and on the other hand, they're the ones. It's the the poor that actually get the most impacted by climate change. I mean, Australia is going to be the first, uh, probably more affluent country that's going to get really impacted. But it's going to be the people in Bangladesh, in Indonesia, in Africa, that had very little contribution to climate uh, change that are going to be the ones at the forefront of the impact. Mm, and half a billion animals who die in bushfires and other voiceless... Uh, yes, of course. And then, there. yes, you open it up yeah. that actually we're not the only species. Mm. Yeah. Well, someone said to me the other day, well, what about the insects? So we're mm. probably talking about billions oh cripes um, <laughs> so and of course we know that we're reliant on uh, insects we're reliant on bacteria where uh, john you mentioned diversity and mm. being strength and of course that's a basic ecological principle yep. isn't it that an ecosystem yep. relies on all those different participants doing their different things so We've talked about Sunday, the family day, and Monday, Monday the yeah. Meet the Experts Day. Let's go to Tuesday. This yeah. is the big day. This the is big the rally day. opening of Parliament. That's Ooh. right. It's the opening of Parliament. And um, uh, one of the things that people who, who want to protest but don't want to get out there shouting slogans, uh, I know Stopadani and XR have, um, have both uh, taken on welcoming, welcoming the police. Uh, and uh, I've been involved a bit in that. Uh, and uh, it is amazing, actually, how they change over time. When you first go out there sort of waving, tell the truth, 
placards as, as white cars go past. You know, everybody seems to be absorbed in their mobile phones or looking the other way or whatever. But after a few days, you you get waves, smiles, mm. and I think across the spectrum, um, because something like just holding a sign, tell the truth. Yeah, it actually spurs, might be very, very deep down. Take you back to childhood, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's true, Scotty, yes. <laughs> so so that's it'll be starting then. Um, I understand there's uh, also, uh, not, not directly related to the People's Climate Assembly, but there might be also a, some sort of bicycle action taking place that day. And, uh, and then... Um, We'll, while the main rally is at 12, things will start, we'll get going in at uh, around 10. And, and at 11, we've got at least three, possibly four uh, federal politicians, both from the Senate and the, uh, the lower house, uh, speaking um, from 11 to 12. And then the main rally. And the big, just the big news over the last couple of days is that Dr. Carl is coming to Canberra to be the MC. Carl Krulnitsky. Yeah. yeah. Wow, um, that's fantastic. It is. I yeah. mean, he's, he's such a well-known and loved mm. character, mm. Um, and he's had his brushes over the, over the years. Um, and uh, he comes, you know, as an MC, as a scientist, uh, not as a political commentator. It's very important mm. that uh, he, we see him in that in that light for this event. Um, but he, yeah, he's. Uh, and then we've got some. Um, our 12 we will go into you know where people are coming across australia to be part of a major rally and for an hour and a half we will give them a major rally some really stirring uh speeches uh, maybe a bit of music and um and then with the encirclement of parliament house and then after that coming back we'll uh for those that can stay for the rest of the afternoon we'll be putting on more music and uh, and you know and maybe some other uh, more informative people to um, intersperse with some talking, but uh, certainly that uh, and you know the this one should never try and uh, guess how many people you're going to get along to a rally because you you're always going to be wrong you're going to be under or over, <laughs> uh, but you know Facebook trending suggests we'll have a pretty good crowd there, mm. and uh, they're coming from all over the shop. But remember this is Canberra, here's your opportunity to be seen, to, for your voice to be heard. If you are concerned, this is going to be completely legal, completely peaceful, completely non-violent. You can be in an historic encirclement of Parliament. Show your face, mm. please. Mm. I think that's a lovely way to think of it. And just to, just to I guess, um, for those people who will be working and won't be able to come during the day, the... Um, the early morning event where we're lining the roads uh, as the politicians' cars come mm. in, um, that will start at 7, so between yeah. 7 and 9. So if, you, if you're on the way to work and you've got, you know, a bit of time to stop and just be part of where... where it's like, you know, when the Queen comes and we all line the roads, only, we're, only in this case we won't be lining the roads uh, with flowers. We'll be lining the roads with... Um, important messages and as john says asking asking them to tell the truth which is the first um requirement under the extinction rebellion list of yeah. demands but also just w when you're standing by the road and the politicians are, are driving past they look at you and you look at them there's a there's a human interaction mm -hmm. there you can choose to wave you can choose to smile you can choose to just be very somber at, 
it's very much a choice. Yeah, so that's that's the beginning of the day, and I guess I'm mentioning it more in depth because Stoppadani will be very involved with that. Together with XR, it's a partnership. Oh, so that's Tuesday. That's the the big day in many ways. Let's move on to Wednesday. Yeah, so Wednesday and Thursday, um, again, back to, you know, each day there'll be more um, people's assemblies. The Wednesday will also, uh, we're still uh, coming together there, but the theme is rejoicing in Mother Nature. So we thought that we couldn't not have something that that um, both rejoices and also grieves mm. for what what's happening out there to country um so there will be some activities that people can can join in um to demonstrate uh their their, their grief and and condolences for what's what's happened um out there uh and then at the same time uh join in some workshops and and cl- and uh, people's assemblies with a focus on that uh, on that aspect again starting at 10 o'clock all the days except the first day are starting at 10 o'clock so um you mentioned there's, there's a ton of people coming in from out of town um is, is anything being done to try and house them or anything yeah um so that's one area where other people that you know have got skills in different areas and uh um jenny clement actually well maybe because she's such a brilliant uh uh, organiser very early on uh, set up a, a, sp- a spreadsheet and a link for Canberrans to offer their places as as billets billet, uh, to host people and then um, on our website people wanting to um, uh, be billeted um, there's a spreadsheet they can download and they can contact the people direct and then once the person's uh, full up they'll just ask for their name to be taken off the list so it's a very self-organising a uh, very efficient system that, that Jen, Jenny has set up. And on the same, it's a, and a, called an accommodation uh, page on the website. Also, um, you know, has links to the, the other types of accommodation, camping and, and other types of accommodation you can get in Canberra. Yeah, yeah. So what have we got on the, on the Thursday? Yeah, so the Thursday, the last day, again, starting at, at, at 10 a.m., it'll be a, sure we'll probably finish earlier than the other days. Most days will go through till um, you know, five o'clock at least, and uh, um, this is basically bringing together the threads of the the other four days, um, the assemblies uh, coming together to uh, to um, to debrief. Also, um, I'm I'm sure that one of our partners, New Dreaming 2020, will also like to get involved in that because they've got uh, their um, the, the gathering of elders that they're planning in April and uh, also from a we'll be also looking back up at the action itself and looking at well where do we move forward from here and uh, we don't want to preempt what might happen but what we're thinking about is that uh, you know if we don't see a lot of change then uh, come May budget time that's when we need to really possibly ramp up a little bit more yeah or a lot more depending on what happens yeah so i guess some of the other things that are that are the real pillars of um of the the people's assembly are um 
we, we've covered the, the radical inclusivity sort of aspect with the, the yeah. talk about diversity. Um, um, yeah, will there be, um, I mean, you've said it's very family friendly. Is there going to be good access for people and that sort of stuff? Um, oh, yeah, that's a very good question. We've got um, people with uh, disability on our organising committee. Right. Uh, uh, we're just waiting on final approval, but the, our expectation is we'll be able to close off both small car parks on either side of of the uh, of the Federation Mall, which is the the, the the official name of the of those protest lawns. And on the western side, we'll be designating that as a um, disabled, fully disabled um, car parking. Is also where the toilets will be, and there'll be two um, one of those big toilets that you can fit a wheelchair in. Um, also, the uh, that side of Federation Mall has the cut uh, curb so that wheelchairs can get onto the lawn. Um, so, uh, and you know, we'll be making sure we've got uh, there'll be a, a charging point for electronic wheelchairs. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll and you know, and then looking at well-being overall, there will be a first aid tent. We will have a, a central place for uh, coordinating logistics and any any help does that cover do you think scotty the types of things yeah 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 no that's good so you're really going out of the way to try and make it accessible to just about anybody who wants to come yeah yeah fantastic very, very true. fantastic yeah and i guess um one, one of the other pillars is is active listening um so what, what's you've got all of these different things yeah. together and often when you do that you'll find there'll be one or two people sometimes it's me who goes <laughs> blah 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 yeah. blah, and, and just takes over the whole thing yeah yeah what, what's the importance of listening in all of this yeah so you know as i say you know first first seek to understand and that's that's the basis of listening and um you know and it's such an issue in our western culture um we actually think when we're silent, really, or we don't listen, all we're thinking is, well, what will I say next? Uh, and so this ability to try and be actually more present with yourself and listen and be aware is so critical. Um, getting another my hobby horses there about mindfulness and, and being present and, and the connection with this uh, whole area of, of consciousness and spirituality. Um, so... Certainly, in terms of the climate assemblies, uh, I've no doubt that that you know that's a well-worn uh, issue that they have to deal with. Is is people? You know, some people do like to talk. Other people like to to stand back, and uh, they'll have uh, clear ways of of doing that. We um, say in the morning on the on the Monday for our workshops. Um, Still to be decided, but we've uh, we've um, we've been talking to the uh, student strikers to see if they want to actually facilitate all that, and they did a great job uh, a couple of months ago up on Parliament House running what they call climate classrooms, and they did a very good job at facilitating them. So maybe we might actually take a leaf out of their book in terms of of uh, of how they get actually people to be present and listen as well as want to be heard. Mm. Uh, Certainly, we, um, as an organising group, we always start our meetings off with uh, a minute or two of mindfulness to get ourselves grounded, try and let go of, of what's around us so that we actually are more present and able to absorb and listen. 
and uh, yeah, and we will. Uh, uh, one of the, the activities that hopefully will run right through the five days is actually having a mindfulness or meditation uh, location. So we'll have um, uh, meditation leaders from uh, from Christian, from Buddhist, from secular non-secular, I can't remember which way you say it, uh, <laughs> backgrounds, uh, so that there will be a quiet place for people to be able to chill out. So it's more, you know, as I listen to you talk about it, it's it's more almost of a festival or an event, you know, a whole event yeah. rather than, uh, you know, the, there's the component of protest because we're asking the government to you know, take seriously the demands of the people and the concerns of the people. But by having the five days, it really is a sort of festive event where people can kind mm. of dip in and dip out, can't they? Um, you know, when we've got our big day on the Tuesday with the, you know, being the first day of Parliament. But I guess it's, and I, I really like that idea that it's it's the first week, you know, it's 2020, that even though it's only a number, it's got the sort of sense of, importance doesn't yeah. it 2020 um so the very first week of uh, the sitting parliament um and outside there are all of us um very clearly wanting to say to to our representatives that we want urgent action um but doing it in a fun and peaceful way yeah. um as well as a very firm and clear way yeah um that we won't go away and that we yeah. won't go away. One of the things is a group from uh, Melbourne, they're, start, they're still form, forming the idea, but potentially to start a, a hunger for climate mm. action starting on the 7th, the day we finish, and uh, maybe having weekly rotations of people going on uh, hunger strike to, uh, to uh, again, with this idea of the declaration of a, a climate emergency, climate and ecological emergency. Mm. I like what you say about we won't go away. I think that's it's it's going to be the you know quiet persistence, perhaps yep. occasionally noisy persistence, but um, you know conti continuing on, keeping yeah. walking forward is going to be what we're going to have to do to get this change that we want to see for all of our families and friends and and for the earth really. Mm. Very much so. Um, there's a lot of people out there, and I think it's a growing uh, group of people that know. You know, it's 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 our generation. This is it. If we don't act, we're cooked. So you can't avoid it. Mm. We can't avoid it, and you know those of us who are, are parents, grandparents. Uh, this this is. Uh, you know, humans don't, as a species, react. You know, they, they're poor at reacting to slow change. Okay, so we, you know, for all the damage and hurt and pain and suffering these bushfires, I mean, at least let's use that as a catalyst for everyone to do what they can. And uh, some people like myself can almost go full time on this, and that's great. But there, you'd be amazed. Just a little bit of input can go a long way. And, you know, they say that it only takes not a large percentage of the population to get, uh, to become active, to change, to force change. Mm. So um, be part of that change. Don't look back in five, ten years' time and say you had the opportunity and you didn't take it up. Try to explain to your children why 
the place is a complete and utter mess when you could have averted it, been part of the the solution. Mm. Mm. And I think uh, just touching on the, that that third pillar of the, of the people's assembly is is trust, and and mm. one of the major things in that is trust in ourselves. We don't need mm. to delegate the solutions, and we don't need mm. to delegate our democracy to some bunch of other people to try and look after for us. We can actually do this ourselves, and if we have the trust in ourselves to get on with it and just do it, we're going to be a lot further ahead. We do need the politicians and the government to do its thing, but we can also overtake mm. them, and we can do it ourselves. And if you form a parade, the politician's going to find their way to the front. <laughs> Very good. That's a nice way to look at it. I noticed, John, that you're wearing a black armband with the word declare on it. Would you like to tell us what that's about? Yeah, as I think we talked about earlier, when we do the... Um, as I tell you, when we do the encirclement of, uh, of um, Parliament House, the theme will be to dress in yellow and orange, sort of uh, bushfire-type colours and a whole lot of other sim uh, symbolism, but also to wear a black armband, um, really in recognition of the suffering uh, that uh, um, humanity, all other species, and even if we look at the earth as a as an integrated system, how it's suffering as, as, as well. And the DECLARE is, is short for DECLARE A CLIMATE EMERGENCY. So uh, I'm undertaking that I'll be wearing this armband, this black armband with DECLARE written on it that I wrote myself. <laughs> so you can do it. That's the spirit. Uh, to, uh, until they DECLARE A CLIMATE EMERGENCY. And, yeah, possibly there's a dream out there that yeah, we'll, we'll have th thousands of people go away from this event with their own little black armband and, you know, they might have enough gumption to say, well, I'm going to continue wearing this and wear it to work. And if it's got declare on it, people will ask them, well, why have you got declare written on your, mm. on your, on your sleeve? And it just then builds up a, a conversation. Um, and, you know, if enough people... And it can be... Uh, I, I loved what Scotty said. Uh, um, you know, we, in Australia, we, we've had it so good lo for so long that one of our characteristics is... We are such an obedient, obedient society. There are other societies that, that if their politicians don't do the right thing, they'll, they'll act. Yeah, look at uh, the Yellow Vest movement in the, France, for the instance. The Yellow Vest movement. I, I know a fellow from Belgium and they, um, there was this fellow who um, was meant to be in jail and, and he, was, he just paid enough bribes to get out. And there was a people's movement that said and it was to do with... Um, a child sex offence type thing and they said until this fellow is back in jail we are not going to go to work and we're going to wear white or something mm. they did something <laughs> like that and within a few days he was back in jail mm. alright don't underestimate as Scotty said the impact that each of us can do and then when we do it together we can change anything yes so come to the rally make your own armband or bring it along and then if you're up to it, keep wearing it. Oh, it's, a, it's a nice thing, isn't it? Because, you know, historically the black armband was something, I don't know where it originated, whether yeah, it started in a, during a world war or something. But, it, you know, I think anyone who's had someone close to them die knows that when you're 
in that state of grieving, you kind of really want to be a bit protected from the harshness of the world. And I think that a black armband historically was almost a symbol of protection because it mm. sort of indicated to other people, oh, this person is suffering. You know, they've, they've had a, 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 a terrible loss, which probably made everyone else think, reflect a little on their own losses as well, you know. And, and what's happened, of course, with the fires, the bushfires, is that there's been tremendous loss and all of us feel that sense of, of loss and grief, even if we haven't directly lost a home or seen our town ravaged, you know, that, that loss is there. So I, I love the way you've um, almost rejuvenated an old tradition, um, you know, and then, of course, we've had John Howard use it as a disparaging term so <laughs> right. um, yes. you know let's let's take the things that have been disparaged by some but embraced by others and use them in a positive way forward oh sorry i've gotten on my soapbox again <laughs> That's all right. Scotty, go for right. it <laughs> yeah it's all right now um we've we're, we're hoping for a declaration of climate emergency from the government and, and the act's done that and numerous local councils around around the country have i mean darabin council has done it a few years ago down in melbourne and they've got a very interesting conference which they've recorded and put on the web and that's uh, that's a really interesting source of uh, information on how, how a local council can go mm. about actually acting on this sort of thing um and internationally there's, there's various ones extinction rebellion forced the uk government yeah. to uh, to declare it we know that politicians are a bit prone to saying things and then doing nothing or the opposite. How is it going around the place with these bodies that have declared an emergency yeah. actually doing stuff? Because there is a massive force and inertia in the economy to keep going exactly as yeah. it is. Yeah, especially that you know that people feel you know we're fossil fuel uh, dependent. When you know Australia used to ride in the sheep's back, okay. In the 60s, whatever, mm -hmm. we got through that fine. And we'll, it, we're going to have to do it because the coal will be left in the ground. We're going to have to change. Coming back to it, it's, it's, it's when, not if. Um, but coming back, so you know, New Zealand is another great example of a country that, uh, that is taking it seriously. Um, I assume they've declared a climate emergency and now they've done bipartisan, uh, you know, really strong commitment to um, emissions reductions. ACT has to be seen as a big example. And the UK, you know, the seat of you know, where we got our Westminster system from, they really, it's amazing. They've got a bipartisan mm. push. And they're not, they don't have people's assembly. I think they're calling it uh, citizens' assemblies, which yeah, is a different, a different concept, thing, yeah. different concept altogether. But they're even embracing things like that and expert panels and, and that type of thing. Uh, yeah, it's, it just mm. makes so much sense. And this the and we will change it's come back to end and at the moment the politicians can only see it through the lens of the strong lobby groups that they that they feel they need to listen to with the minerals council of course being at, at the front and you know that the, the ministerial staff coming from the minerals council and uh, yeah there's a yeah we do have a corrupt corrupted democracy mm -hmm. it, and, and, and so that's one of the things we've got to fix. So, yeah, it, it's important that it's not just a declaration. 
that it does have teeth. And interestingly, um, uh, some of the people I'm talking to, there are quite good kits uh, and websites and whatever if you want your local council to declare a climate emergency. I know there's some, a, foot at the mo- a foot at the moment for Queanbeyan. And the person who was uh, interested in that said, oh, there's a whole website and a group that actually do a, have done a lot of the legwork and actually provide all of the all the instructions so you don't have to... Yeah, 10 uh, points to them. Yeah, to <laughs> learn from, from, from scratch. So that's right. Declaring climate emergency is fine, but you certainly... Yeah. Then after that, then I'll be wearing an armband that says "Action." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's got to be some other good international examples. Does anything else come to mind? I mean, um, well, uh, the the uh, leadership development uh, organisation I work with started in Denmark, um, and that shows the um, uh, where the people led by the students um, at their last... They, they had an election, I think, uh, early in 2019 where climate change wasn't on the political agenda and they then forced it to be the political agenda mm. and the outcome of that was a, a, a climate action-friendly uh, coalition was put in place and I understand now they really are making headroads. Uh, head um, I'm just trying. There is another. So yes. So I think, and the one closer to home now, I think New Zealand is way out there in front in actually legislating, so that uh, you know you can't. You know, it, it's not an interpretation. They've legislated that they will achieve a certain uh, carbon emissions reduction. Mm. Mm. And uh, an expert panel, and I'm not sure about a citizens. Uh, uh, citizens assembly or whatever but certainly saying we and we will have somebody which will keep us honest one of one of the things that i admired about new zealand was they took the step to say no more exploration mm. so that's you know cutting it off at the beginning of the whole yes. chain isn't it and so it's not saying oh we have to close down this coal-fired power station and these workers we've got to find a way uh, you know, a, a way that's fair for them to find other employment and there'd be a lot of disruption mm. by saying, well, no, we're just not going to explore. Yeah. Um, that's really the first step, isn't it? And, and, then, and then you can kind of move it back step by step. Um, from there, uh, uh, many of us are feeling, I think, pretty depressed about the Northern Territory government's decision to allow fracking. And just let me give a little plug if you're in a supermarket or in, in a shopping center in canberra you'll you may come across um origin people um wanting to talk with you about switching your gas and electricity um it's really good to go and have a nice friendly chat about why is origin fracking in the northern territory and just say that you don't feel very happy about this um what they often tell you is that the government made us do it. Um, And so (laughs) if you do decide to go and say in a very nice way, you know, I don't like the way Origin's doing this, and they say the government made us do it. Well, you can remember that Origin is, you know, actually a a company with a board and has its own decision-making power, so nobody made them do it. Origin's made the choice. So 
I don't want to single out Origin as the only company that's fracking, but definitely fracking is... Um, we don't want our future fracked. Let's put it that way. Sorry, I've gone off track. Yeah, seems to be a school of thought out there that <laughs> if somebody dangles money in front of you, then that justifies just about anything, mm. really. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so we, we've gone through some of the uh, some of the international examples. So that it is politically possible. There's examples of that. Yeah. What about um, technologically and stuff? Do we actually have any solutions out there that are? On the shelf, ready to go. Just so once, once we can get that political momentum. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a scientist, but I'm. I certainly, you know, have uh, uh, done not in Andrew the, the, uh, from the ex head of the Coal Association and ex head of the Institute oh, of Company I, Directors. Ian been, Dunlop. Ian Dunlop, very forthright mm-hmm. that uh, we can do it. And then you got Ross Garno uh, with his recent recent book. And it just seems to make sense that uh, you know, any of you talking about a really a just transition. Um, again, the longer we leave it, the harder the transition is going to be. So if we just took the blinkers off and saw the opportunities for Australia, as opposed to that, you know, if we, if we change, we'll all be, you know, going ruined. back. We'll ruined. We'll all be ruined. We'll go back to Stone Age <laughs> or something. Uh. Um, it, That's right. It, it, this or nothing. Yeah, that that you know, Australia is so blessed, and you know, it would appear we have a lot of the technology needed to make a transition. And we, for all our faults, we are an extremely innovative uh, species. We adapt so well. We can do it, and uh, it's just that the change so far has been so slow that we, you know, we just seem to accept it. And that's coming back to these bushfires. You know, we, for all the suffering, not to let it go by as the catalyst for action. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I guess, I mean, the way I see it, the two things that we really need to change are, are the politics and mm. the economics of it. Yeah. We need to mm, get people in control of politics again, which these people's assemblies and the climate assemblies yeah. and there are a number of examples around the world where, where we can follow that, that, that this has happened. Yeah. I think Iceland is another good one. Yeah. They're doing some amazing stuff there. And and the economics, we can also take over the means to provide for our needs by ourselves. It's just organising things. Business is mm. organising things. So we can just organise ourselves to provide for our means and then we've got the control and we can set the values and, and, and all of that and reap the rewards. Um, so, yeah, yeah. There you go. There's my soap. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think... Yeah, and in the, in the meantime, with our, you know, sort of highly unregulated market economy that we have now, at least to a transition, Scott, I love what you say, is that we can actually get some... Get the economic levers to get the system we do have working the best way. You know, we talk about a market-based system, which means that you should be, you know, revenue and expenses, that we should be recognising expenses, but we don't recognise expenses. Mm. We actually give subsidies to people who should be paying more for the pollution they produce. Mm. That's it, and the bushfires are going to yeah. contribute amazingly to the GDP. Yes. Mm. 
as it as GDP is, uh, I was an economist in a previous life, and GDP has so many hairs on it. Um, <laughs> I mean, our national wealth has just gone down dramatically. That at the same time, our GDP can go up doesn't make sense. Yes, it's not not a very useful measure. Of, on of the what? human scale, on the human well, level, is it? Or the Earth scale? On the, the Earth, Earth scale. scale. Yeah. So All right. Have you been getting uh, Have you been getting good media for it outside of the community radio sector? Yeah. Well, that's something because we're we're on the, uh, um, you know, doing this thing on the on the fly. This next week leading up to it will be the the big media week. We've got a media group together. Um, we're certainly getting some attention. I think when we're there. We'll, we'll get plenty of media attention. We've um, got links into the Parliament House uh, press gallery, uh, so I think we'll we'll be uh, we'll see them in force there, and hopefully uh, globally as well. The Guardian especially does follow what happens in Australia. Um, they seem to. I mean, it, televising my arrest in Sydney at the Spring <laughs> Rebellion, it made it onto video, uh, and the Guardian. If that can get on there, then uh, then you know people encircling Parliament House. I hope. <laughs> I hope will. Uh, um, the uh, uh, it's possibly it's that promotion side, and, and so we're really thankful to to Double X for the, the opportunity to, to to come here today. But yeah, we we in this week now we really need to ramp up uh, media, but also that you can do it yourself. I mean, we've got teams out there uh, postering and leafleting. We'll have them at the markets uh, this weekend in force. Everybody that goes into the Epic Market, I think, will have a leaflet in their hand. Uh, so, um, and also, we've been doing it through our co- coalition members. So, uh, um, say for ARC, they send out a, um, a bulletin to a lot of the, the churches around Canberra to add into their bulletins for their, uh, for their faith groups. Um, each of our constituents are putting it on their web pages, on their Facebooks, in yeah. the newsletters. So, uh, but that said, we still need to ramp up the official media yeah. as well. So, please, uh, if there's a media out there that want to run this story, please get in contact with us. That's Thanks right. For raising that, Scotty. As you can see, John it makes a great uh, interviewee. So that, let's have lots of <laughs> lots of. Um, we'd love to see ABC Radio <laughs> and others contact yeah. you. Um, let's quickly go through the whole big picture again. So the People's Climate Assembly happening at Parliament House during the first sitting week, starting on Sunday, which is the uh, Welcome to Country and especially for families. Um, there'll be lots of kids' activities. So starting at 11am at the Tent Embassy and then at probably about noon up on Parliament House lawn. Monday, 10 a.m., meet the experts. This is your chance to come and have a chat with a healthcare professional who knows all about the impacts of climate on health, to talk with scientists, to talk with um, architects about rebuilding in a a safe, healthy way. Tuesday, the big day, the first day of Parliament, will be kicking off at 7 a.m., lining the access roads into Parliament House. So that's uh, the roads coming in off Melbourne Avenue and Kings Avenue. Um, and we'll be there from 7 till 9. Then at 10 o'clock, there'll be activities on Parliament House lawn. Noon is the big rally. This is the the thing that everyone's coming from many places around the country, maybe even around the world, 
coming to this noon rally and then about 1.30 is when we'll be all encircling Parliament House and sending all our energy into those people to, to use their power for good. Wednesday, rejoicing in Mother Earth, 10 o'clock again. Thursday, the way forward, discussions and collaboration um, on how we can build a sustainable future again, 10 a.m. So you've got so many choices, you could just come to the whole event. Oh, I think that avoids you having to make that difficult decision, oh. doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's right. If people want to get in touch or volunteer or do anything, how do they do that? Yeah, through the, through the website, um, uh, you can volunteer. Uh, and certainly what we'd like to see is Facebook getting on there uh, and click that going button and or interested but certainly click that going button because you know the more we get there the more that uh, it'll get uh, um, uh, will become it'll snowball yeah snowball snowball. go viral hopefully and yeah, you know, there is a uh, yeah, there's email, yeah, Facebook messaging, email, website. Cool. So that's peoplesclimateassembly.org. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, John. That's been really fantastic to hear about what's happening, and we thank you for you and Peter, especially for stepping up and pulling it all together. Because I know it's a very, very big undertaking. Ah. Oh. Thank you, Annie and Scotty. All right. No worries. Thank you for coming in. <laughs>